Amen, everybody. Good morning. Is anybody here? Good morning. <laughs> All right, we're going to start the service. Joy. Singing to God and worshiping His holy name. Because He's good. Amen.
<laughs> I know the air quality is not that good. Um, you know, there are some some issues out there that uh, I see sometimes the need of a savior, the need of Jesus in the world. Let's be praying for, for all the chaos out there, for all the, the things that our humanity is going through. Sometimes we see these kind of things in the movies, but <laughs> uh, there are some terrible things. And, and it's so sad because, you know, as a church, we have Jesus. We have a refuge. We have a savior. But if you think about the rest of the people outside, they don't have anybody. So I want to I wanna encourage you to speak up. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a, little, a little hard to and complicated in this, this place to, to talk about, about Jesus sometimes. To talk about things, and, uh, and especially now because everything is getting so political, isn't it? Um, but um, we have a message to share. We have a gospel to share. And that's important to share so let's be praying. Let's be praying and, and praying for the people that don't have Jesus, don't have a God, a Savior. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> um, we have uh, our pastor, Dan. <laughs> uh, he's going to be giving the, the message this, this morning. So what if you give a big applause to God for, for his life and for the message we're going to receive? Amen. So, Pastor. Well, good morning. It, uh, it's always a joy and a privilege uh, to be here and to be with you. And uh, it's so it's such a strange, uh, such a strange time, isn't it? Um, all this COVID stuff and not being able to see people's faces and people say, oh, good morning, and you don't even know who they are. Um, but um, we're here, and all those of you who are listening online or on the, um, welcome. So I'm going to read some scripture, and then we'll pray, and, uh, and then we'll share a little bit about the, the gospel. Jesus is, Jesus is talking um, to his disciples, and uh, he, says, he says this in John chapter 10. I, I tell you the truth. The person who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs up another way is a thief and a robber. The person who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for this person, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from that person 
because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then over in Revelations, a passage that we're all quite familiar with, Revelations 3, 19 and 20. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here, I am standing at the door of your life and knocking. If any person, if anyone, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to them and have fellowship or eat with them and they with me. The reading of God's word. Let's, uh, let's pray together, okay? Good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day, a day that you've made. Give us the grace and the hope to rejoice and be glad in this day. Open our ears and our eyes and our minds and our hearts that we might see you, that we might hear you, that we might know your voice, and that we might be able to follow and obey as you speak to us. So thank you for this morning. Thank you for these words. Thank you for what, how they've already spoken to me. Jesus, I pray that, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts might truly be acceptable to you, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I, I understand the, the lavalier mic is not working, so I'm going to try and use this mic. I, I am. Um, I'm one who likes to talk with my hands, so when my hand, one hand, so I might go like this, and you'll have to just kind of follow along with me. So, um, so I, I um, grew up uh, in a family of five. I had two older brothers and mom and dad. And um, so my two older brothers uh, were kind of, I'd say rambunctious, some would say wild, and I was the little guy that just kind of tagged along. But my dad kind of recognized that he had three boys who kind of egged each other on, and um, he early on developed this whistle. And I, do any of you whistle? Yeah, not just the <laughs> kind, but the, the real, like he would curl his tongue and put it against his back teeth and, and let loose. Uh, and um, I could never do it. I was always frustrated uh, that I couldn't, I couldn't whistle like my dad. I, I learned how to whistle that way so I could whistle for my kids. But anyway, he developed this whistle, and, and there was a certain um, level uh, pitch of my dad's whistle, that when uh, we heard it, we knew that it was time to come. 
most of the time, it was time to come to dinner. Uh, but every now and then, uh, you'd hear the whistle wherever you were. Maybe we were camping or something, and we would be out, and we would hear the whistle, and we would know it's time to go back to camp. It's time to go home. It's, it's time. Um, and so uh, now there were three things as a kid that I had to kind of get in my mind. First of all, I had to understand that if I thought that it, there might be a call, I had to stay within earshot, that I could hear the whistle. And I, around our neighborhood, I knew I'd figured it out. I was a smart kid. Um, that I could go within about two houses distance and, and still hear my dad's whistle. So you know, that was that was there. And, and if it was dinner time, or I knew that the whistle was coming, um, uh, I knew that I couldn't go into anybody else's house, and then that was sort of foreboding anyway. So it was fine. The second thing, so I had to stay within earshot. And the second thing that I had learned learned really early on was the cadence of my dad's whistle. Um, I knew when I heard it, I knew exactly that it was my dad, and I knew exactly what it meant. It meant come. And I, was, I wasn't very old. I learned that quite quickly. And then the third thing that I knew, and this was a hard one to learn. It came through hard knocks or empty stomach um, because if I didn't come right away for dinner, I didn't get dinner. So it was a quick learn. Um, but, I, but the third thing was, is that I was a little ADD and I was a little, you know, scattered as a kid, and I still am, but, um, and um, uh, I, I learned that when I heard the whistle, I had to just stop what I was doing and go. Because if I thought, ah, I can get in one more game, or we can throw one more weed bomb, or we could build another fort, or, 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 there was always a million things out there to distract us, and, and I, I didn't, as a little kid, none of us do very well at keeping track of time, and so once I heard the call, I had to make the decision, go now, because if I didn't, I'd probably either get the anger of my dad for not coming right away, or I would miss dinner. So, um, so three things. Stay in range. Be attentive to the sound of the whistle. And three, make the decision to respond once I heard it. So Jesus is talking in the passage that we read this morning about sheep. Now, I don't really like the idea of comparing myself and my brothers to sheep, um, but in reality, that's a, a bit of what it was. The, the, the sheep had to hear, be in range of the shepherd's voice to hear it. Two, they had to be tentative to his voice and know what voice that was. It, the passage says, you know, if they hear the voice of a stranger, they flee, they run away, they don't respond, or they respond in an opposite direction. 
And three, the sheep, once they hear the voice of the shepherd, they follow, they, they obey. So when we think about our lives as Christian men and women, we realize that those three things are extremely important. To stay within range, to stay within earshot, to stay so that we can hear what God is speaking to us. Because God does want to speak to us. The scripture says, as we read in the second passage this morning, he says, behold, I stand at the door of your life, your life, my life. God's standing there knocking. Now, did you notice the mixed metaphor that John uses? Have you ever wondered, I have, why he uses two metaphors? He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Bump, 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 bump. And then he says, if anybody hears my voice, how, how strange. I mean, you would think, wouldn't you, that John, the writer of Revelations, would say, if, if anybody hears me knocking, knock, 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 they would open the door and I would come in. Now, for all you out there in technology land um, and that are listening on, the, on your computers, uh, I, was, uh, I was, went to my neighbor's house the other day. Uh, we're going to paint our house here in a, in a while, and, and there's a house n- near ours that we really like the color of. And so we've been talking to this lady about the color of her house, and, and then we decided, well, we should really get the person who painted their house to paint our house. And so we went over to the, I went over to their house, and, uh, and I rang the doorbell. Now, I don't know if you've had this experience before, but all of a sudden, out of the little doorbell, a voice comes. And I was like, oh, man. And it says, hi, can I help you? And I'm thinking, this was just spooky. It really was. And uh, I said, well, and I explained who I was. And, I, and she says, yes, I, I know. And I thought, how does she know? I guess there's a camera in those things. And, um, and she says, well, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm here standing in line in CVS. No, I'm at your house. But, but, but apparently it, it rang her phone or something. I don't know this technology stuff. I'm 75 years old, for goodness sake. And, and, uh, and so I said, I said you're, in, you're at CVS. And she said, yeah. And she said, well, and I'll bring the, the name of our painter by your house on the way home. It was bizarre. But, but technology can keep us within range of God's ear, or technology can take us away. To stay in range of God's voice, we have to make the decisions to put ourselves in range to put ourselves in earshot by being in church, as you are this morning, by being part of a Bible study, because God speaks through his word. And I I hope and trust that in some way you're part of a Bible study so that you're in range of God's voice. Or, Or third, you can spend time in silence, Bible says, be still 
and know that I'm God, I, I, um, I've sometimes, when I'm in the mountains, I like to just to go out at night and just be still and just listen. And it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure you've done the same thing. When we stop and are quiet, where we think it's quiet, all of a sudden we hear other things. Suddenly we can hear the fan roaring. Suddenly at night outside we can hear birds chirping or coyotes howling or all kinds of, all kinds of sounds come alive when we stop and listen and stay in the realm of where God can speak to us. Be still. Be still. There's so many voices. There's so much distraction. But we need to take and put ourselves where the sound can reach us. God's voice can reach us. Technology can take us one way. Technology can bring us the other way as well. Put ourselves in range of the voice. And secondly, become in tune to God's voice. I, I had gotten to the point with my dad's whistle that I could tell, and it's the same three notes, but I could tell, because I'd listened to it enough, whether it was an angry whistle, like I had done something wrong and I better get home, or whether it was just, yeah, come on when you can, kind of whistle. It was the same whistle. But because I'd heard it enough, I knew what it was. I took a, I took a, um, a music appreciation class in college, and, uh, and I, 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 I don't know music. And, but the thing that, that, that happened in that class is we would listen to music so we could hear music. You know what I mean? We would listen to music, and the teacher would give us some things to listen for, and we would listen to the music, and suddenly we could hear more of the music because we were listening for the different instruments. We were listening for the way the instruments came in. We were listening for the different movements of the music. The more we listened, the better we could hear and appreciate the music. And so it is with God's voice. If we put ourselves in range, if we put ourselves someplace where God can reach us, where we can hear the knock, if we spend enough time listening, we become adroit at understanding and hearing the voice itself. And that's why John uses the two metaphors, right? He says, behold, I stand at the door of your life and knock, if anyone hears my voice, back in the day, back in Christ's day, there weren't very many windows, and there were no peak holes. You couldn't look through and say, oh, you're the guy, yeah, hi, it's so good to see you. No, there weren't any peak holes, and so you would go to the door and say, who's there? And you would hear a voice. Hi, it's me. Hi, Mom, it's me. And we would know whose voice it was because when you tune your ear, you can understand whose voice is whose voice, right? I mean, we all have done it. Sometimes we hear, we, we see somebody that we've known for in, in the past, long ago, and we hear their voice and we go, 
oh, I know who you are because we hear their voice and it brings a picture of somebody to our mind. The more, listen to this, the more we listen, the more we hear. The more you listen to the voice of God, the more you hear the voice of God. We need to become sensitive to hear the voice and make the distinction of all the voices that are going on around us, of all the noise that's going on around us, to hear the voice of God. And then, so we put ourselves in earshot so that God can speak and hear the knock. And then if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Jesus says in that same passage that he knows our name. I was, um, my son went to Whitworth College and uh, we were up visiting him at Whitworth and we were walking across the campus and um, a person came the other way and the person said to us, oh, you must be Mr. and Mrs. Stevens, you're Dustin's dad because we were walking across with our son. And uh, it, it happened to be the president of the college. Now, several things went through my mind. I was flattered, first of all, that he figured out who we were. But then I was suspicious about why he knew who we were, because we were with Dustin, our son, and wondered how many times the, our son had been in trouble that he knew who Dustin was. Um, and, and we had heard some stories, so we were a little bit shocked at that. And, 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 but then he says, and you have a great son, and blah, blah, blah. But he knew our name. He, he had Dustin's name in mind, and he knew, figured out what our name was. Now, I don't know about you, but when somebody whom I respect calls me by name, it's very flattering that somebody knows my name. And here in this passage, the God of the universe says he knows your name and he knocks on your door because he, God, the God of the universe, for goodness sakes, not Bill Gates, not, not some political figure, not, not any, but the God of the universe knows your name and is knocking on your door because he wants to have fellowship. It would have been something else besides when we were walking across the campus. If Bill Robinson, the president of Whitworth, had said to us, and by the way, I'm headed off to lunch. Would you guys like to go with me? And you kind of go like, what? He, yeah, go with the president of the college to have lunch. Whoa. That would be kind of cool, right? I mean, to sit and talk and find out about what's going on in the college from, from the president of the college? Well, that's what God wants to do with us. God, God wants to have coffee with you. God wants to sit and have coffee and, and, and know who you are. It's kind of cool. One of the things that in our lives makes a difference 
about how we see the world is to know and be known by, by another human being. But then the God of the universe says, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. What a privilege that is to be able to say, God wants to know us, who we are, and what's going on in our lives. And as you guys have heard in, from the stories of Genesis and hide and seek, Adam and Eve were afraid because they were afraid of who they were. They, they were afraid they were naked, they were vulnerable. God could see really who they were. And you know, you and I think often, if you really knew me, you probably wouldn't like me. Right? I mean, it's pretty human nature. If you really knew all about me, then you probably wouldn't like me. But God says, no, no, no. I know your name. I want to spend time with you, and I want to be part of your life. And the more we hear, the more we know and appreciate who God is. And then the last thing, so... We have to stay in range. We have to be sensitive to the voice. And the last thing is respond. If you hear the call, if you hear the whistle, then respond. Open the door. It's a response. It's a volitional choice. As a little kid, I had the choice. I could choose not to obey. <laughs> Yikes. And or I could choose to obey. And we have that volitional choice. And the interesting thing about it is the more we hear God's voice and do what it says, the easier it is. I mean, we've all had that experience, right, uh, of, of um, walking down the street and we hear this, we feel, we hear, we experience this nudge. Stop and help this person. And you kind of, we all go through it. I know, at least I do. It's like, now wait, wait, wait. Is this God, really? Am I, is God really nudging me to help this person? Is God really nudging me to give this money away? Is God really saying to me, go over and talk to that person? Come on, God. This, I'm, no. Oh, I, God, you, I, you know that I don't have the ability to do that. Come on. And yet, when we feel the nudge of God telling us to do something and we do it, the next time it's easier. It's easier not only to hear the voice, but to respond to it in a positive way. God has a mission in mind for you. And he's knocking at our door. And then we have the volitional choice to make the choice to be obedient or to be go in the opposite direction. And you've, we've, we've, you've heard stories of the different prophets in the Old Testament over the last number of weeks of people who have said, Jonah for one, obviously, no, God, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. I don't want to go there. And it goes the opposite direction. Now, sometimes... We're Jonah, and God reaches out and grabs us by the neck and says, listen to me. 
did with Jonah. He took the disciples up on the hill, remember that? And a big cloud comes in, and, and, and all of a sudden they hear this booming voice. This is my beloved son, whom I, with whom I am well pleased. What did he say? Thank you. Listen to him. Sometimes God really gets our attention. But most of the time, most of the time, God's just knocking on our door. And we can go to the back of the house pretty easy so we don't hear the knocking. It's the, it's the issue of being sensitive and moving toward that sound, hearing his voice, and then responding and being obedient. And as that happens, just like in my music class, the more I listened to the music, the more I appreciated the music, the more I could hear the music, the more the music became full in my mind and heart. And so it is with God, men and women. As we put ourselves in the range of earshot, and as we become sensitive to the voice of God so that we know the voice of God and we listen and obey, the fuller it becomes. When I heard my dad's whistle and I came for dinner, we would sit at the table and have dinner together, and it was good. When you hear God's voice and you respond the way he asks you to be and do, there's a goodness to it. There's a fullness to it. We are known and fully known, and God becomes a great and good thing in our lives. That's the call, men and women, of today. God says, you are my sheep. I know your name, and I call you to come, to come to dinner. Amen. you to to close your eyes there where you are thank you God for that call thank you for that gospel now I want to respond
with the God Go before Lift me up As I wake Eyes of God Look upon Be my son Bring 